This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gigillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we're talking about mustard. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. I, I was like, Lauren, it's your birthday. We could do anything. What do you want to do? And you said, mustard. <laughs> and I love that so much. I was thinking like some type of cake or whatever. No, no, mustard. <laughs> mustard. So happy birthday, Lauren. Oh, thank you. I... I will get you something else other than letting you choose the topic for our work thing that we do together. <laughs> oh, well, that's unnecessary, but very kind. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. You are welcome. I, too, love mustard. I love all types of mustard. Um, one of my favorites, we have a local mustard here in Atlanta that I love. Which, what, what, I, I haven't, we, we have a local mustard? Which one? We do. It's so it's from a company called Do South, and then that's oh. D-O-U-X. And they have three types. They have drunken mustard, Creole mustard, and spicy mustard. Mm. And they're those like really thick grainy ones. Yeah. Oh, I love a oh. I love a whole grain mustard. Yeah. Um I really love the stuff that uh that the brick store pub down in Decatur makes. Um mm. uh, they've mm. got a great house mustard, also a whole grain mustard. Um I just like mustard. It's my favorite condiment. I think it goes on and in. Pretty much everything savory anyway. Um. Yeah. Uh, I It's probably up there for me as well. And ever since we've done this episode, the research for it, I've been using so much mustard that I already have gotten through 
I've got like four types, mm-hmm. and I've gone through one and a half. Oh wow, dang, yeah. that is a lot of mustard. Yeah, my right. my grainy kind is gone, and my Dijon is halfway there. <laughs> Halfway there, I'm gonna have to ration it a bit, perhaps. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because you're you're taking those those long uh, long rests in between grocery trips. Now. Yes, yeah, yes. As I was telling Lauren, my current concern is my coffee supply. This is also my concern because I just I, I I'm like anxious for you. I'm like thinking about <laughs> like I'm like, do I know which window is Annie's? Can I like can I just like like throw a bag of coffee beans like at her window? I guess it would have to be open, but maybe it would, I don't know. Anyway, I promise I'm not going to like John Cusack you with coffee, but unless you want that. I mean, it might be the happiest day of my life if I just got a random (laughs) thing of coffee thrown in my window. (laughs) That'd be pretty great, to be honest. Uh, (laughs) I'll keep you posted. Okay. I really appreciate the thought and concern because coffee, as you know, is a very serious thing. It certainly is. What else is a serious thing, apparently, is everyone has very strong opinions about where mustard should and should not go, particularly with hot dogs, I guess. Um, (laughs) I I was just reminded of that ridiculous blow-up around the time when uh, President Obama got a cheeseburger and he asked for spicy mustard or a Dijon mustard, and everyone was like, fancy mustard, what's he doing? That doesn't belong there. How un-American to ask for (laughs) Dijon mustard. (laughs) Like, that sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) Right? That's delicious. Mustard goes on your cheeseburger. That's great. Especially a a nice creamy Dijon. Come on. I know. I know, but people have got opinions. They certainly do. And being one of them, I suppose I support that. (laughs) Well, let us get to our our question. Mustard. What is it? Well, uh, mustard is the name of a group of condiments and the plants that those condiments are made from. Uh, Those plants are mostly in the genuses uh, Brassica and Synapis. And both of these are in the Brassicaceae family, which we have talked about a lot before. Uh, Turnips, arugula, radish, Wasabi, kale, cauliflower, all our cousins. Um, I love all those things. Yes, yeah, I had no idea, and I, it all makes sense now. Um, because as with, as with all of these cousins, mustard plants have evolved to create these compounds that we experience as, um, as pungent or, or spicy hot on our tongue and sometimes in our mucous membranes, too. Um, and those compounds evolved to discourage animals and, like, even microbes from eating those plants. But, like, suckers, humans decided that we like that burn. Oh, I love the burn. Love it. Love it. Live for the burn. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, in mustard plants, those compounds are concentrated in the seeds. And mustard plants are, are kind of weedy flowering plants. They'll, they'll grow to about three feet or about a meter tall and put off these small flowers, usually yellow, um, that if pollinated will produce long, skinny seed pods containing a number of small seeds, uh, ranging in color from white to brown to black. And these seeds, just sitting there minding their own seed business, um, actually don't contain any spicy compounds. Those compounds are only formed when the seeds are crushed and mixed with water through the release and activation of enzymes that the seeds contain when they are thus treated. And evolutionarily, uh, this makes perfect sense because, you know, animals' mouths contain saliva, which contains water. So when you chew up the seeds, the plant, by 
creating these these spicy compounds through this enzyme action is saying, hey, 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 stop that. Stop that. Don't. No. (laughs) Bad. Um, But if you swallow the seeds whole, that's fine. Like for the plant, preferable even, because you might then pass the seeds whole and unharmed through your digestive system and thus spread the seeds out into the greater world for that plant to better reproduce in other places. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, um, the that burn will only last as long as the enzymes are doing their thing, um, and they'll start wearing out after about 15 minutes. So, um, why then is prepared mustard from seeds that have been crushed weeks or, or months ago uh, still spicy? Well... Uh, If you introduce an acid to the mix, like, say, vinegar, it will preserve those spicy compounds, and it'll also inhibit further spiciness from from developing. Um, And that's why prepared mustards tend to contain vinegar, because it both preserves the flavor and makes it a bit more mild than what you'd get if you added, say, like, alcohol to the mix, which would produce a very spicy spice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes, indeed. So... To make the condiment mustard, you uh, grind or crush mustard seeds and uh, mix that with water, uh, an acid, and probably some seasonings and or preservatives like salt and sugar, uh, forming anything from a thick paste to a a thick if pourable liquid, uh, depending on, you know, what you're going for. White mustard seeds are a little more mild due to the type of compounds that they create and tend to only hit your tongue with the spice. Uh, Brown and black mustards uh, hit your mouth and sinuses as well. Um, And and with those, it tends to be a a, a good slow burn. Love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. I I had a very intense (laughs) mustard-burning sensation last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah? Yes. Oh, it was good, but... Uh, yeah, there was a definitely in the nose. I could feel it mm-hmm. for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> it'll it'll get up in there. It's true. Um, mm-hmm. You can uh, you can also grind mustard seeds into flour and uh, use it less for its bite than for its other sort of like bitter sulfury flavors and its colors and and furthermore, its excellent uh, emulsifying and thickening properties um, because ground mustard helps oil and water play nice. Uh, So it's a great addition to any sauce or dressing that you want to prevent from separating and also help thicken up a bit. Um, I use it in my salad dressing, uh, just like oil and uh, balsamic or or lemon juice and some, uh, some whole grain mustard, honey, salt and pepper, mix it up in a jar. So good. So simple. Oh my gosh. That sounds amazing. It is. Mm. You know what else is amazing? The name mustard... (laughs) derives from the Latin mustum, meaning burning must. And if that isn't an Axe body spray, (laughs) then what the hell are we even doing here? (laughs) That is unacceptable. Axe body spray, call us. (laughs) You have some splaining to do, I think. Oh uh, yeah, and um, and must that um that must is uh is, isn't isn't must as in as in like animalistic must. It's must as in a grape must, uh, as in unfermented juice from crushed grapes, as in winemaking. Um, ancient Roman recipes called for mixing uh, ground seeds of the plant, which were then called uh, synapis, um, with grape must. So, mm. <laughs> burning must. That burning is so good. must. <laughs> Really does take you someplace. It does. It does. <laughs> uh, you can um, you can also uh, eat mustard greens. Um, they're 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 mildly spicy. Um, either in salads if they're a little bit younger, or if they're they're slightly older, tougher uh, greens, you might want to cook them the way that you would uh, collards or, or kale or or spinach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, ground mustard meal. 
from which uh, the, the oil has been removed for other purposes is also used in farming, um, like in soils to help control pests and microbial growth, um, and also in the cosmetics industry. Huh. All right. Yeah. Well, what about the nutrition? This is normally where I say, like, you're not really eating enough of a condiment to get a nutritive property from it, but... In my case, I think that's a lie anyway, so. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, uh, I concur. <laughs> uh, so so it, does, it does depend, of, of course, on, on how you prepare it, what you put into it. Um, but, uh, but mustard it is a pretty great addition to your diet because it's a, it's a low-calorie, high-flavor condiment that contains, like, like a like a little bit of like good fats and protein and dietary fiber and lots of minerals. Um, it's, it's pretty great for you. I mean, don't well, eat a whole lot. Don't don't eat too much mustard, guys. Like, <laughs> as with any seed, it's it's gonna block your stuff up, and you're not gonna you're not gonna like it. Yeah, but yeah, in general, in general, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, and furthermore, mustard has been used medicinally for pretty much ever, externally and internally for everything, uh, from like snake bites to arthritis to bronchitis to the bubonic plague. Uh, it's And it is being investigated for all kinds of things, but as with anything, human bodies are complicated. More research is necessary before introducing a medicinal quantity of anything into your diet. Consult a doctor. Uh, there you go. The saver slogan. Yep. It's the saver slogan. It's a very long and boring slogan. <laughs> it's not the catchiest, but it is the best in terms of what we're trying to say. Yes. Uh, uh, we do have some numbers for you. Yes. Um, mustard is one of the most popular condiments in the world. Mm-hmm. In the United States, it is the most popular hot dog topping. As well it should be. Um, <laughs> strong opinion about that one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it is apparently, as a, as a spice, the second most used spice in the United States after only peppercorn. Wow. Right? Oh, I mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. As of the 1990s, France consumed the most mustard per person per year, about one and a half pounds per person per year, which is about 0.7 kilos, um, which sounds like a lot, but it also doesn't sound like a lot. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, I go through that. That's sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I couldn't find more recent numbers, though, so I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm tipping the scales. Maybe. <laughs> they were like, it's like that seed in Mulan. One food caster can tip the scales. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about this because I was kind of surprised that France was so high up there. But then I've, I went on a very fun rabbit hole where people were arguing about whether or not mustard counts as a sauce. It was oh, a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's an ingredient in 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 sauces too. So yeah, right, right. And it's on a it like marinated mm-hmm. chicken and cold salads and stuff. But yeah. it was just really funny to hear people get so vehement <laughs> about whether or not mustard <laughs> is a sauce, and if it is, does it count as a traditional sauce or not? Oh gosh, oof! I'm not gonna. That's no. That's beyond. That that's above my pay grade. <laughs> my hands are raised in the surrender position. I. <laughs> defer to people who have more knowledge about sauces and French sauces. Um, so, okay, there's National Mustard Day. Here in the U.S., is, yeah. Yes, August 1st, but it is often celebrated on the first Saturday of August, which really confused me because I kept finding different dates. Oh, okay. But huh. 
Um, it's particularly the National Mustard Museum in Middleton, Wisconsin. They celebrate it on the first Saturday. I believe they were the ones that uh, made this happen, too. I think they're behind National Mustard Day. Uh, th- and this sounds like, if anyone has been to the National Mustard Museum in Middleton, Wisconsin, um, please write in and let us know. It sounds mm-hmm. like a place of wonder and merriment. Um, they've got over 5,600 mustards in their collection, originating from all 50 states and over 70 other countries. It's a thing of beauty. I I never dared to dream, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> and now you know dreams can come true. <laughs> they can. Um, yeah, I, I and I found their website very charming. <laughs> it very much made me want to go. And it also kind of cracks me up that it's in Wisconsin because I do feel like it's a big mustard place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, it, it, it's got some of those, the, the influence from areas that are big on mustard. So I, yeah, love it. Love it. Love every part of it. Yes. Um, and there are so many types of mustard that we try to, we were talking about this before we started recording, get to the bottom of like, if you've got honey mustard and you've got English mustard and Creole mustard, German mustard, which a lot of articles just, rolled their eyes at because that is apparently way too big a category. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it could mean anything. It could mean anything. Um, so you, you've got a whole world of mustards out there. So I can see why the Mustard Museum, the National Mustard Museum, excuse me. Thank you. Thank you, Annie. <laughs> the, the respect, give the respect <laughs> that is due, has so many uh, different types of mustards. Oh. Here is a quote um, that I loved from Mustard, A Global History by Guze Demet. Mustard is more than a condiment. It is the embodiment of civilization because the story of mustard is the story of medicine, myth, and magic. Oof. Myth and magic. Myth and magic. Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Well. You know what? I'll, I'll be sure to include more mustard in our D&D sessions from now on. <laughs> That is true. That is a failing on me. I have not added in any mustard. You know, I think everyone's been been trying to find a way to tell you. That's fair. (laughs) I can't believe it took me this long. You know, my original plot, uh, and I had to scrap it because I was like, this is a one-shot, essentially, of what I've written, uh, was a whole food-based revenge plot (laughs) that uh, involved a a fancy meal that went terribly awry and everybody had like these PTSD memories of this meal that went so wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah, but that the character who was going to be leading that whole thing ended up being Ananas. Uh, (laughs) It lives on in the current campaign. All right. Uh, Well, that's good. That's good. I'm glad. Um. But if you recall, she got fired for a food incident. At, at her restaurant, grub, the hub of grub that she worked at. <laughs> now that you mention it, I do remember that. Um, <laughs> my, It's full of Easter eggs that no one gets literally, and there's no way they would but me. <laughs> That's, I'm glad that you are keeping yourself entertained. That is really mission critical, honestly. <laughs> so, like, bravo. Sometimes I'm just <laughs> chuckling it to myself, like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Not us. They don't know. <laughs> uh, 
this I that, that that was one that when you introduced her, I did I did chuckle because ananas is uh one of the words for for pineapple. And yes. you described her as being a gnome that had kind of like pineapple reminiscent mm-hmm. uh hair going on. <laughs> yes. Um she and looks so, like a pineapple. Yeah, so so I I laughed. I mean, I laugh at everything, but like I feel like everyone around the table was like, "Why is Lauren laughing now?" And yeah, <laughs> I was like, "It's pineapple." It's anyway, like that. anyway, <laughs> you wouldn't understand. <laughs> oh, this is gosh. our yeah our regular check in on our ridiculous D and D journeys. You are welcome. Yeah, listeners. yeah, and <laughs> indeed, yes. but yes, at any but rate, alas. <laughs> We must return to mustard. We we must return to mustard. We're going to get into the history here, uh, but first we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a golf course. 70 courses. Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursion? Time for chill vibes. Beach How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. The different varieties of mustard used in the condiment mustard probably originated all over. White mustard in the Mediterranean, brown mustard in the Himalayas, and black mustard in the Middle East and or parts of Asia. The greens most likely originated in China or Japan. Uh, Some sources suggest that according to ancient Sumerian and Indian texts, people were eating mustard all the way back to 3000 BCE. And by some accounts, they were grinding it with a liquid to make paste. I don't know. Uh, I was very confused by the timeline of that because... Some people very much pushed that, but then it was like, but the first time it was made into a condiment was not then. And that 
confused me. Yes. Maybe it's like the whole sauce thing of hoodoo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What mm. makes it a condiment? Hmm. Hmm. Questions. In its early days, mustard was viewed as a primarily medicinal item. For instance, ancient Greek scientist Pythagoras recommended mustard as a remedy for scorpion stings. Scorpion stings. In the 6th century BCE. I will say, growing up in the South, did you ever do the thing where you you put your shoe, you put your foot in a shoe, and then the scorpion's in there, and then... Uh-huh. Um, uh, there weren't a lot of scorpions in, uh, in, in South Florida. I think it's a little bit too wet for them or mm. just not, not the, not the right condition in one way or another. But I, I do know plenty of humans. I, I visited people in Texas, um, and I've talked to cousins down in the islands where, yeah, they'll, they'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. Watch, watch your shoes. Always shake out your shoes. I'm like, it is a rite of passage. You've got to do it. I remember my cousin, he was kind of sheltered. And when he was like eight or nine, he came to stay with us for the first time. And I, I traumatized him. I was like telling him about the scorpions and you better watch out. <laughs> and then once he heard the sound of the cicadas, he called his parents and he left. Oh, my he, he gosh. Was there for like two hours. <laughs> oh, yeah. my gosh. Oh, I love the sound of the cicadas. Anyway. Uh, okay. They freaked him out. I can but... understand that. <laughs> So, back to Pythagoras and scorpion stings. That was 6th century BCE. Hippocrates utilized mustard in poultices and in other medicines for the treatment of all kinds of things in 5th century BCE, particularly, like, for your teeth. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The tombs of ancient Egyptian pharaohs were stocked with mustard seeds to accompany them on their journey to the afterlife. Yeah, one of the things they found in uh, King uh, Tutankhamun's tomb. Mm-hmm. And mustard may well be one of our first condiments. The history of it does go way back, at least all the way back to ancient Rome. Before the arrival of pepper to Europe, they would take the mustard seeds and then they would grind them up with wine or grape must, um, sometimes with the addition of honey, vinegar, and or other spices to make a paste for eating. Pliny mentioned it and described a recipe of crushing the seeds in vinegar. The condiment spread throughout Europe. The seeds were often planted in or near vineyards, and it became particularly popular in Germany and France. By the 9th century, French monasteries were cultivating and selling mustard. It was commercially available in 13th century Paris, at least by then. A century earlier, mustard made its way to England. Because it was cheap to grow and to make, it was one of the few condiments pretty accessible to everyone in Europe of all classes. It did go on to become associated with the poor during medieval times when more expensive spices started to be imported into Europe. Um, and so it was seen as Oh, more. you're still using mustard. Exactly. Oh, humans. <laughs> <laughs> it tastes good. What? Yeah. <laughs> Because the small mustard seed can grow into something big and strong, it was used in parables in the Bible. Though, and I, this was a rabbit hole I also loved, some people argue about the interpretation of the mustard seed as a blessing or a warning. Oh. That huh. it can grow unchecked. Ah. And you actually need to watch out for the mustard seed. Okay. Yeah. I recommend if that's a— if, Fun theological, well, maybe fun is just my <laughs> take. If theological <laughs> debates about mustard in the Bible is something that interests you, I recommend it. 
Um, in either case, the mustard seed was adopted as a symbol in Christianity to the point that in an official position, mustard maker to the Pope was created by Pope John XXII in the 1300 CE. Uh, and the first person to hold this post was his nephew, who, by most accounts, he maybe didn't love mustard that much. The Pope, he just wanted his nephew to do something and thought he won't mess this up. Yeah, I, I think he I think he noted uh that 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 it was his idol nephew, not as in mm-hmm. like American idol, but as in yes. like like sitting around ideally. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, mystery's history on that one, but either case, the position was created. His nephew got it. His nephew was from Dijon, where mustard grew well. And speaking of, mm-hmm. let's talk about Dijon, and specifically, Grey Poupon. By the 1200s, Dijon, France, was already known for its mustard production. Enter Maurice Grey and Antoine Poupon, who introduced Grey Poupon in the 1770s. Yeah, I know, right? They were also the first to use an automatic mustard-making machine. And the original storefront is still there. I don't know that you can go in, but it's still there. Um, If anyone's been, let us know. Yeah. When other spices became more affordable at the beginning of the 18th century, mustard experienced a dent in popularity. But a new innovation in mustard changed that. In 1856, Jean Nagion swapped out the vinegar and mustard for verjuice, which is the acidic liquid of unripe grapes, and voila, Dijon mustard. Okay. Yeah. Mm-mm. Stepping back a bit, mustard balls were a popular snack in 15th and 16th century England. I, I want these. They were dried balls of mustard, flour, and cinnamon. Huh. Yeah. Shakespeare even mentioned them in one of his works. Okay. Yeah. Queen Victoria appointed another big name in mustard, Jeremiah Coleman of Coleman's Mustard of England, as her official mustard maker in 1866. Official mustard maker. In his technique, the seeds were finely ground into a powder without generating oil-releasing heat. So it preserved the oil and the flavor. Mm -hmm. Another royal fan of mustard... French King Louis XI, who reportedly carried a jar of it wherever he went so he would never be without it. <laughs> if they didn't provide it on the table. Uh, he's got mustard he has, in his bag. Swag. He's got mustard in his bag. <laughs> <laughs> a popular but most likely apocryphal story goes that Benjamin Franklin brought mustard from France to the U.S. in 1758. He was the U.S. ambassador to France. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I really only—it seems that that's just a popularly told story. Yeah, I feel like any number of, like, Eastern European, German, French immigrants right. would have brought it over at any number of times, so. I know. It doesn't track with pretty much every other episode we've done, wherein, if it's from Europe, anyone from Europe brought things they liked to the U.S. when they yeah. came. Like, yeah. I don't know. The phrase, cut the mustard, seems to be American in origin, first appearing in writing in a Galveston, Texas newspaper in 1891 or 1892. The first mentions of the toxic properties of sulfur mustard started appearing in the 1880s. The first known attempts to produce large quantities of mustard sulfur took place in 1886, and this eventually led to the mustard shells used in World War I. Uh, but but this is not related to mustard plants. Um, sulfur mustard or uh, nitrogen 
mustard are so named for the um, for the kind of smell that they produce and the kind of, and, the, and the burning effects, of course, uh, that they're known for. So so yeah, so so same name, totally separate, unrelated compounds. Um, and mustard gas, though, I, as I was trying to figure all of this out, um, I found a fascinating article about how mustard gas. Um, and and it is really a, a very terrible um, uh, form of chemical warfare. It also led to the development, though, of the first chemotherapy for cancer. Oh, I so, did not know that. Yeah, yeah, different different show. Um, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, very much. <laughs> but but really interesting. Yes. So yellow mustard, yellow mustard's popularity started to rise in the U.S. in the early 1900s, and this was. Mostly due to the 1904 St. Louis World Fair, where the RT French Company, yes, yes that, that one, French, <laughs> uh huh, introduced the world to a hot dog served with yellow mustard, so called American mustard. Now, the color actually comes from turmeric, huh. so mustard yellow isn't quite accurate. I mean, I still agree the mustard itself is yellow. So, I don't know. A lot of people were very adamant that the, the phrase is incorrect. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess when you get down to it, the word mustard means, like, great must. So, that oh. it's, it's all incorrect. We are all incorrect. Always with the hard-hitting but wise truth, Lauren. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Perfect. George French um, of the French company experimented with turmeric to add some zing, both flavor and color-wise. It worked. Oh, I love this. Okay, apparently in the early 20th century, calling someone mustard was the equivalent of saying they were great. Okay, I tried to look into this, um, and gosh, I, I, so I think the idea here was that, you know, mustard enhances flavor. So if something is mustard, or maybe like the mustard... (laughs) You're the mustard. Then it's good. I couldn't. I couldn't really find. Uh, I had. A, I had a really hard time finding um, examples of this in the vernacular. Um, although I did find a quote from O. Henry's Cabbages and Kings from 1904. Um, he wrote, "I'm not headlined in the bills, but I'm the mustard in the salad dressing, just the same." <laughs> oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so so I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly how it was used, but I adore everything about this. I know. I want to bring it back. Yeah. So badly. <laughs> it's going to confuse some people for a minute, but I think we can do it. <laughs> I think I'll, I think I think it'll catch on. Yeah. Mhm. Mhm. What else? Well, that seems like a perfectly good use of quarantine time is to get mustard <laughs> to catch on. <laughs> Uh, American farmers uh, started growing more mustard around World War II uh, when supply chains from from Europe were affected, um, and uh, and we are still one of the leading producers of, of of mustard now. Yes, yes. In 1984, Grey Poupon debuted their fancy Rolls Royce commercial, touting their product as one of the finer things in life, and it worked. It very much worked, and sales went way up. Huh. Uh, it's supposed to be like, you know, maybe you can't afford the Rolls Royce, but you can afford to spend a little bit more on you your af- mustard. You can afford the extra buck or two on your on your fancy mm-hmm. mustard. Yeah. <laughs> huh. All right. Yeah. Um, it was apparently a big enough deal to appear in multiple uh, mustard timelines, I found. So 
Thought I'd include it. <laughs> Continue the trend. Oh. Did, I did want to say here, um, as we sort of mentioned earlier, there are a lot of types of mustard, and, and we did try to get to the bottom of honey mustard and uh, English mustard and when did all these things originate. But uh, there wasn't much information out there other than probably it originated here around this time, but it was still very vague. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that I think that in order to really dig out some of that, we would have to just do profiles on different companies that were producing mustard, um, mm-hmm. which could be fascinating. Um, it could be. Uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard hard to say from a, from, from an overall like product standpoint. Yes, I did. I feel like a honey mustard was a 1920s, 40s thing. It was a salad dressing originally and it was sweeter for American sweet tooth. Oh, um, makes sense. I mean, like things like Creole mustard also to me just makes sense that if you have this thing, you would kind of make it fit your own region or like add the spices of your own region or yeah, sure. the taste cater to those things. So if any listeners have any information, specific mustard information. Ooh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, please send it our way. And speaking of, we do have some listener mail for you. We do, but first we've got one more quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with Listener Mail. 
celebrating Lauren. Aw, aw, yeah. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and mustard. <laughs> Both. And <laughs> listener mail. <laughs> yes, always. Yes. Kelly wrote, I just listened to your muffin episode last night and remembered something I think you would enjoy quite a bit. Annie mentioned her chocolate chip muffin recipe with sour cream in the batter. There is an excellent blueberry muffin recipe also made with sour cream on page 77 of the unofficial Harry Potter cookbook by Dinah Bocoltz. It's probably very similar to the recipe you already have, but knowing you're a big HP fan, I thought I'd recommend the book. It has lots of fun recipes with tie-ins to the Potterverse. Hope it brings a smile. Yes, it does. Oh, yay. Um, I've probably said this on the show. I, for some reason, I am somebody who, who I guess it's because I'm really passionate about things. I get a lot of nicknames. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And one of my nicknames is Blueberries because I loved, loved, <laughs> loved blueberries in college. Like, I still love them, but I was uh-huh. going through some kind of phase. All right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so they called me Blueberry. <laughs> they called you Blueberry. They right. called me Blueberry. And I do love blueberry <laughs> muffins. And I do love Harry Potter recipes. So this sounds wonderful. Oh, yeah. Yes. Uh, Julie wrote, In your muffin episode, I heard Annie wonder aloud about what the muffin sales are like at Dunkin' or Starbucks. As your friendly neighborhood Starbucks barista, I can certainly chip in here. Our poor blueberry muffins are one of our least popular bakery items. And if anything is left over at the end of the day, it's going to be one of those forlorn blueberry muffins. They're actually pretty good as far as muffins are concerned, especially warm. But if we sell a muffin, it's usually to a regular customer who always buys a muffin. If you ever decide to try our Starbucks muffin, it goes well with a nice dark roast, uh, the Italian blend is my current favorite, or with a latte. Definitely order it heated up, though. The crunchy sugar topping really completes the pleasantly warm muffin. Ooh, muffin tips. (laughs) Right? Oh, love a muffin tip. Thank you. I know. Warm blueberry muffin. I feel sad for the forlorn muffins. Oh, I know, right? (laughs) I'm definitely, like, A, anthropomorphizing those muffins, and B, like, in a way that I'm like, oh, poor guys, I'd have to eat them. (laughs) I know. It's an odd intersection to be at. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. (laughs) Right? I remember seeing that Futurama (laughs) episode where they're, like, those super cute little creatures, but they eat them like nuggets. Oh, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I wish you listeners could see the look Lauren has on her face. <laughs> it's like wistful. <laughs> like, yes, I would eat that very cute muffin. <laughs> I would totally eat that adorable tiny creature. <laughs> well, on that note, mm-hmm. um, thanks to both of those listeners for writing in. If you would like to write to us, we would love to hear from you. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where our handle is at SaverPod. And yes, we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thank you, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. 
Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.